Welcome to another episode of Mike Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Downtown Lube. Make sure you visit them right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri on 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com for the full list of services. Not a matter of of when you can need that old change in those tire service. So make sure you get that taken care of right here in Joplin at Downtown Lube. And welcome into another show. We appreciate you guys joining us wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, or right here in the call-in app uh, on another Thursday night for us. This week, we're going to start our NFL previews. We're starting with the best division, the Western. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Our Kansas City Chiefs. Plus, we'll do the NFC side of things, too. We'll go over winners, uh, division MVP, defensive player of the year, rookie coach, breakout players. A big deep dive into each division. Uh, Like I said, we'll start this week. We're going to do the NFC West and the AFC West. But first, let's talk about some things that were made official this week. One of those being the Pac-12 is dead. Goner. Something that we talked about last week, and it, now it's just, I, it's official. I, it's not official, but it is official. It's, it's dead. It's gone. They're down to four teams right now. Stanford and Cal, they seem like a package deal together. And then Washington State and Oregon State kind of feels like they're a package deal. I, maybe they stay with the Pac-4. I don't know. But <laughs> the way that it used to be is dead and gone forever. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's going to be hard to come back from that. We've, but you never know because we thought the Big 12 was going to be pretty much dead when Texas and Oklahoma were leaving, and it seemed like, okay, what? Mm-hmm. maybe KU goes and joins the Big 10. Maybe some of these other schools you know, can find their way into the Pac-12 and make it even bigger, and Big 12 said, whoa, 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 <laughs> we're, we're easy. We're bringing in Cincinnati. We're bringing in BYU. We're bringing in Houston. And now, like, oh, and now we're going to bring Arizona back State in Colorado. And, I mean, you're just bringing in all these other schools and stuff, and – Good for the Big 12, for the Pac-12, though. I, I legitimately have zero idea how you make that conference come back. I, it's, a lot of people even have been saying, like, well, go you know, take teams from the Mountain West. The Mountain West was very smart, too, because they saw this coming, and then they made it very difficult for teams to leave. Because if you want to go get, like, a Fresno State, if you want to get them from the Mountain mm-hmm. West Conference, that's going to cost you $30 million just for one school. What? So if you want to go get uh, Hawaii and Fresno State, there's that's $60 million that it would cost for just two teams. So, I mean, the Pac-12 literally can't afford those teams. Why would the, why would the Mountain West do that anyways? So they can keep their teams. So if you want to come in and you want to poach somebody away from them, you're paying that conference $30 million. Cow. So now the Boise states of the world can't leave because... I was going to say, the, now those schools are trapped. Like, those yeah. schools can't even leave if they want to. Right. So, like, you can't even grow to be, you know, to kind of develop into a premier school. Well, you yeah, you could um, you can bring more teams into the conference, but yeah, you ain't leaving. I was going to say. But they all agreed to it. So, <laughs> if, the, if you're happy in the Mountain West, go for good. it. Happy for you. Yeah. I guess I'm just trying to be a homer here. We'd just like to see some other schools kind of move up from one double A into, you know, full division mm-hmm. A. Yeah, I've seen people do say that too. Like what about schools like Montana and Montana state who mm-hmm. are very good at football? Yep. Uh, the North Dakota, South Dakota States. Yep. They're kind of far East. 
But like, still though, like that would be like to even have them kind of make the jump up to the Mountain West. Like, I think that would be a nice gradual jump. I'd almost like to see this like soccer, and our guy Cole would know all about it. And it's kind of a conversation him and I have had. Relegation. Actually, yes, on the way to your bachelor party, was trying to me get more of an understanding of how like the soccer world is, and he he put it in the best way possible, where it has the passionate fandom of college football, but they have the money of like Major League Baseball where there's no salary cap. And I was like, holy smokes, Like that makes so much sense in my mind. I would also kind of like to just see that in college football where, hey, if you finish last in your division or you know at the bottom six of the, the power fives, you're moving down a level. Like you're, you're into the group five now. And if you finish in the top six of the group five, now you get to come up into the power five. Yeah. I think that would be electric. And our guy uh, Sly in the chat says the Pac-4 should just join the Mountain West instead of trying to get them. I agree with that. Yeah. So, like, sorry about your Pac-12. Your commissioner was absolutely terrible. Uh, could not look at the TV deals and what was coming in the future and make a good decision. Kind of ruined that. Mm-hmm. Go, go join them. If you're Washington State and Oregon State, yeah, I'm going to the Mountain West. And then maybe trying to work some better TV deals there for what they have. But the Mountain West is a pretty solid conference. And the, I still think that if you're the Mountain West – Maybe you go after these four remaining Pac-12 schools, and then you also try to bring in North Dakota State and you know Montana and those that region. I, I think it'd be mm-hmm. really cool. And you get your own little super conference. You're not going to be a Power Five, but you could be the upper echelon of the Group of Five. Here's a, another thing. It's kind of it's similar topic, but heading in a different direction. With all these schools changing conferences like this, you know, we all of our focus is on football, but, you know, Eli Drinkwitz, the head coach for the Missouri Tigers, and I think Chip Kelly even had a comment earlier in the week of, you know, Notre Dame is an independent school for football, but they're in the ACC for everything else. Yep. Why don't we just do that with all the football and make that yeah. like an independent sport in your own divisions, but the rest of your sports are combined just because the schedules are so different, because it is easy to travel and plan things for football than it is, let's say, basketball, baseball, softball, right. volleyball, soccer. You know, there's a, a girl on um, TikTok right now that's kind of not going off, but making a solid point of being a, a soccer player to D1 level and, you know, Hey, you're usually playing games on Fridays and Sundays or, you know, Wednesdays and Fridays. And then you come, or God bless it, Wednesdays and Saturdays, but you're traveling and then having to come back on Sunday, late Sunday night. Then you got to go to class Monday mornings and it's just a, a huge fit and wrinkle into your schedule. And now yep. it's a, Hey, you know, from us going from New York to Nebraska was a big deal, but now we're going to go from New York to California and then mm-hmm. California back to New York. Like that's. I took totally, like a nine-hour flight. I've seen some other people too. I think it's writing on it on the athletic even. Of it's time for football to be its own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want, like you said, Notre Dame, they're independent in football. They have a conference for everything else. That's just the way it should be. Like college football is too big. It yeah. should step away and be its own entity. To where if you want to like have the old school NCAA rules for other sports, go for it. NIL should stay. Yes. But I, I don't know how you're going to afford to keep your like some of these other sports, your swimming team, when you have to travel from yes. USC all the way up to New Jersey. Yep, just to, for swimming. And like, I, don't know, I feel like that comes off disrespectful, but at the same time, it's like... But it's not generating any revenue. College yeah. football is. Mm-hmm. That team pays for itself. Yeah. It's going to be some, tough. But... but I do. I think that college football should be its own thing. You should almost have everybody go independent for football to where it's like, hey, just schedule your. Is there a way that they could remove themselves from the NCAA entity and just be like college football? And then somehow the NFL kind of help 
manage and regulate some of I'm sure there is. the scheduling or whatnot. Like, I don't know. I feel like the NFL has also become like its own beast, and they're just making so much money every year that they're kind of reaching a point of like, oh, man, like, we're just sitting on this increased revenue every single season. I mean, the NFL's got to love it, though, because they don't have to pay anything, and they have a minor league system. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> they just yeah. got, hey, you can't come here for three years until after you graduate high school. And it works. It's perfect. And I love college football. I, I'm a huge college football fan. I, I truly love it. But it is becoming a, its own beast to yeah. where it's, it's not the same as baseball and softball. Or in some college basketball, like KU, they're going to do fine financially. Yeah. Like Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, yeah. and Michigan. You start to get into some of those other schools, though. UConn's going to be fine. But, like, then you just, yeah. Like, BYU basketball is not generating a lot of money. No. Have fun traveling to West Virginia. <laughs> like, I'm thinking, like, even small, like, Rutgers. Like, mm-hmm. Rutgers is making the trip all the way across in the Big Ten. Yeah. And like, Vanderbilt, you know, you're in the SEC, but, like, you're the smaller end of the SEC. I know you're in Tennessee, but, like, Nashville, excuse me, but you're just, you're not any bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that idea of football being its own. I don't know how it's going to work. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. Yeah, That's and, above our pay scale for sure. Like I saw a TikTok earlier this week, too. Of uh, It was talking about the Big Ten expansion. And it's kind of gone viral. But the guy was like, bring in all those Pac-12 schools. And then you can have two divisions. You can call it the Big Ten. You can call it the Pac-10. And then the championship from those two teams just play in the Rose Bowl every year. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's a great idea. That's <laughs> what we did for like 80 years. Yeah. It's wonderful. And. I understand the realignment stuff. I don't like it. I, I like my conferences to be geographically sound. Yes. USC and UCLA in the Big Ten makes absolutely no sense to me. And I mean, everyone else is making the point. You know, I saw it on Twitter before. It's like you're thinking of Oregon and Washington and USC and UCLA having to play blizzards in November. That's going to be exciting. Like, <laughs> that's going to be a game. Like that's going to be a culture shock uh-huh. for these kids. I was it's perfect say, every day and kind of rainy and windy, and now it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's rainy, cold, and there's a foot of snow that we're playing in. And what if they're just? What if they are getting their ass kicked? What if USC is traveling to Michigan and Ohio and mm-hmm. like this is not fun? This is not what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm Lincoln Riley. So like, I thought I was going to be playing on the West Coast, no beating joke. up some <laughs> weaker teams. Now I'm in this powerhouse of the Big Ten. And I sold actually two big. houses in Norman to come here and live in this one mansion, and now I'm going to get my ass beat in the snow, the uh-huh. place I left? Yeah. Yeah, that stinks. Yeah, the ACC is in another interesting situation, too. Uh, they talked about adding Cal and Stanford, and that got voted down. Mm-hmm. And that's like kind of what we talked about last week, too. A lot of conferences are like, all right, let's add more and more teams. You're just splitting up your money. Yeah. Like, good luck with that. And so I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with the ACC. They're in another situation, too, where it's just going to be hard for any team to get out. Like the Clemson and Florida State situation. Yeah. I don't know what they like, do. Even though for those schools, like, why don't you just stay in the ACC and dominate your conference, and then you become pretty much a lock for the college football playoff because yeah. that format is also changing where if you win your division or your conference, you're in it, right? And then it's because there's moving that was it eight or twelve teams that they're moving mm-hmm. to, so you know the I would say the power five, but it's quickly about to become the power four, and then whoever else is kind of sitting there will be able to kind of be in and then voted in at there at the end. Why not stay in the conference that you think you can win instead of going to the SEC and just getting money. annihilated? Or it's, the it's self cannibalism about- of the Pac-12 is now going to become the SEC. Mm-hmm. It's all about money, and that's they don't care about dominating. They would rather go be 
a bottom feeder in the SEC than dominate the Big 12. And, and speaking of that, we can kind of make this transition. That was a shot at my own team, by the way. <laughs> not anyone else's. Yeah. I'm still not in favor of Texas joining the SEC. And, you know, a lot of people said the same thing about Texas A&M when they decided to make that jump from mm-hmm. the Big 12 to the SEC. Well, it just happened to work out for them when they had the stud freshman or Johnny Manziel. Have you watched? Come in. I, I watched it today. I watched it last night. I watched it Thoughts? this afternoon before my boss showed up. <laughs> yeah, because I watched it last night. Mm-hmm. And... Usually when I watch a documentary, I walk away from it. It's like, okay, you know what? I actually, I kind of like that person a little more now. Yeah. Uh, I got to see the real story behind it, kind of like what the motives were. Yep. That was not the case with Johnny Menzel. No. He is such a douchebag. Like he, I don't I think he's in the process of still learning from his mistakes. Mm-hmm. But like, I think he just, he reached such a level of like, I don't care F it, F everybody. You know what I mean? Everyone's pretty much ditched me, given up on me. I'm giving up on myself And right there at the end, you know, they have like the little tidbit of, yeah, I've done all this partying and I was just going to let it reach a point where everyone else had given up on me. I bought a gun that I was just going to spend as much money as I could party as much as I can and just all these drugs and drinks. And I was just going to kill myself. Mm-hmm. But the night the gun didn't work and you're just sitting there like, what in the world? No idea to reach this point. But we've spent an hour and a half talking about everything else, and we're going to spend 30 seconds on this. And then it's just it ends the show, and he's just hanging out with his boys and partying, and he's drinking a Stella. <laughs> yeah, and you're just like, like what? <laughs> I thought that too. It's like he's pretty much going on like, yeah, I'm finally maturing. Like I'm getting my life together. Yeah. They talked about him escaping rehab, and then he's just sitting there chilling, drinking a beer, which – Whatever. Yeah. It just it wasn't a good look. I don't care if he drinks a beer. He's not in my life. Whatever. Wreck mm-hmm. it. I don't care. But if, maybe do a better job. Yeah, you get diagnosed with bipolar. You've been to rehab twice, and you were just kicked out of the NFL. I do think it was very good on him to admit, like, yeah, in that part of life, there was, it didn't matter what team I went to, what situation mm-hmm. I ended up in, I was not ready to be an NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. It also goes to show maybe you should have just stayed in college and been a god. But then as you do watch this, you realize that really wasn't what he wanted to be. He just wanted to be a frat dude who ended up being yeah. an excellent football player at the same time. And I think it was his agent who, a little biased, stole the show. For sure. Eric Burkhart mm-hmm. is amazing. And is that, have we met him before? Oh, yeah. That's the dude? Yeah. Okay. I love Eric. EB yeah, is great. I, well, and I'm sitting here watching the show. I'm just like, I feel like I've met this guy. Oh, yeah, you have. Yeah, you? okay. Dabbed him up, yeah. And then we dabbed up someone else that you did not shake hands with. Yeah, Yeah. Cliff okay. Kingsbury. It's all tied together. Go, yeah. Didn't know if you want to throw him out there. Okay. <laughs> I think it's public knowledge who his agent is. Okay. So I, I thought he stole the show, but he even said to Johnny, he's like, hey, do you want to be famous or do you want to be yes. an NFL quarterback? Mm-hmm. And, like to go through and be like, I've never had to drop a guy from my agency before. That's the one that I yeah. did. <laughs> Especially when it's like, this is Johnny football. We put together a plan right here to lead up to the draft, and we've executed it, and he almost mm-hmm. botched it. And the fact that for, what was it, his workout with the Cleveland Browns that he had. Private he, workout. <laughs> he had him running routes. Like, I can only imagine. That would be hilarious. Because when you <laughs> right? see the clips of what he looked like that 2014, yeah, he, he wasn't it now. Yeah, he was kind of a chubster. <laughs> and that dude's up there with his hands real close up to his chest, going to take off running routes. I'm sure the Browns were like, what the heck is up with this guy? Oh, and they still managed to draft him. Yes. Two. Idiots. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I didn't believe about the doc, and if you haven't watched it, Sorry, I guess spoiler alert. Yeah, whoops. The fact that Johnny Manziel is like, I messed up right before the combine. It's the only time I messed up. Mm-hmm. That's the one where it's probably like, nah, he's probably he's still gone out. Yeah, 
But what it's, it was very good. Um, I did agree with a lot of the takes against the NCAA. I, and I mm-hmm. thought uh, whoever produced it at Netflix did a great job of saying, like, this is how much money Texas A&M made off of him. I did not realize it was. $740 million after Johnny Manziel won the Heisman. Like, I didn't realize how much ridiculous. of an impact he made to that mm-hmm. entire university. And he made zero dollars mm-hmm. from Same that amount of tape that he watched. Yeah. You know, uh, above the table. It's like him going and signing autographs. Love it. Mm-hmm. it maybe it was illegal. I don't care. Like, he shouldn't have been suspended for also, it. Also, props to his friend for kind of being able to finagle that and then being willing to take the fall. Yeah. The and fall also, guy? giant middle finger to Johnny Manziel. Like, once your yeah. agent's like, hey, like, let's get you some other guys. He's like, all right, deuces, man, you're out of here. Like, I would have been pissed as the friend, too. Is like, what? Uh-huh. I've been with you this whole time hoping you make this money. Yeah, we've been 80 20. That's awesome. That's dope. I was getting ready to take the fall for it. I've also gotten you out of trouble, and now you're just going on with your agent? All right, dude, whatever. Yeah, it was a tough look, but it was a really good documentary. Mm-hmm. The Untold series, It's it's been very good. Yep, next All up that. is the uh, Jake Paul one. I don't know if I'm going to watch that one. I probably will, just because they I'm do such I'm kind of starting job. to heel turn on him. Yeah. Maybe because I don't he watch his out stupid videos. Yeah, I knocked him down at least. I don't think he knocked him out, Not yet. but... But, hey, that's a hard thing to do. You know what I mean? Conor McGregor never did that. I'm not a big fan of, of his. But Nate Diaz or Jake Paul? Well, actually, neither. But yeah. with what Jake Paul and his brother are doing, it is very smart. Like, hey, you want to be a boxer? Don't go fight 50 scrubs on your way up. Yeah. Fight some old UFC fighters. Yep. Knock them out until you get your actual shot at a real boxer. He's undefeated against these, like, former MMA guys. Uh-huh. Now, the last and guy I think that it's he... Joe Rogan, who's... No, he's a legit boxer. He's mm-hmm. very good. I don't know shit about fighting. He but... looked he looked like to be in the best shape this last fight. Best he looked shape like of the, his life. I mean, for real, though. like He looked more like he was naturally built into be like what some of these other boxers looked mm-hmm. like before a fight. Because before, I was like, eh, like, I don't know if I'm really buying into it. I'm not about to try and be like a boxing analyst. But right, like, I have no idea. You see how like in shape and like cut these guys are leading up to a fight. And with Jake, you're kind of just like, oh, man, like he's not as cut as these other dudes. But this fight was like, oh, my God. Like, mm-hmm. This is a different beast. And Diaz, he's old. I mean, yeah, it also looked like he put very shape. minimal effort into this because I think all these guys things like, oh, it's just Jake Paul, like whatever. Like I'm gonna knock this YouTuber mm-hmm. out, and it's like, oh my god, this kid's actually got some power behind his punches. Yeah, yeah, it's and that will be one of them. Uh, as Sly mentions too, the the Florida one is gonna be really exciting. Now, I'm not sure if it's next or if the Jake Paul one is, but the story of the Florida Gators and Urban Meyer, Tim Tebow, and Swamp Kings. That one's gonna be really good. I hope it's good. Because there's a lot of hype to it. So I hope the, they don't shy away from any controversy or any topics. Yeah, you have with murderers, like Urban Meyer. real-life murderers yes. on that team that probably murdered people while on that team. So, like, let's talk about that. The only thing I'm disappointed in, um, that you can't cover that whole saga in one episode. No. It should be a 10-part, 30-for-30 type series. Yep. Or maybe it's even too graphic for 30-for-30. 30 30. But it should be multiple parts we'll see how they do with one episode i'm excited about it it's gonna be cool uh we also had hard knocks this week yes sir i'm impressed i'm back i'm back back on hard knocks yeah (laughs) i was i think i'm out two years ago i was like man screw this stupid show this is dumb because two years ago was the cowboys last year was the lions and it it just got me hyped for the lions in general yeah i liked the the lions but it was still it was that same blueprint Mm -hmm. so it's like i like dan campbell but i'm tired of the same blueprint this year feels different it feels a little bit more personal. And they started with the stars. Because mm-hmm. usually you'll get guys on there, and it's like, man, why, you didn't even talk to you know, Kyler Murray ever. Yep. 
you talk about Josh Jacobs at all when it was the Raiders. Like you completely missed right. like the stud running back that they took. You didn't mm-hmm. see Clayton Farrell at all either. You got Jonathan Abrams being an idiot who can't say salmon and mm-hmm. talking about how Derek Carr's gonna pay for dinner because he just got all this money. Yep. But you got Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Uh Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson were the three main guys yes. on the show. And, and Michael Carter, you know what I mean? You get the mm-hmm. running back in there as well. I just loved it. I've always loved Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson. Both of them. I didn't realize how intelligent they were. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I hope that's not like an a shot or it'd be doing disrespectful. Oh, going just, back to Cincinnati and graduating yeah, already. Just, they they just seem that. like mature kids. They don't seem like yep. the cocky studs that just happens to be one of the best. Yeah, like Garrett Wilson's one of the top receivers mm-hmm. in college football. He went to Ohio State. Could have the biggest ego in the world. Yep. Sauce Gardner is already rookie of the year. Like they could both be just very egotistical, and they're not. They yeah. both seem like they're really down to earth. So big fan of them still yep. and always. Here's the big one. Aaron Rodgers liked him. Dude, I freaking I liked knew it. him I knew on the it. show. I man. knew it. I wish I would have made a bet with someone that's like, I bet after he watches, he's gonna become a fan of Aaron Rodgers. From what I saw from episode one was cool. And then everybody uh praising him. Yes, and I think it, that's a, a big part of it, is that all the teammates were like, Yeah, we've been, you know, I think it was Garrett Wilson, it was in this car. He's just yeah, you know, I grew up watching football. I've seen the tape. I've been mm-hmm. watching media. You know, you get a perspective of what someone's like. He's not like that at all. And then later on yeah. in the episode, the defensive guys are like, Andy's dope. He's a dope dude. Yeah. So I don't remember who it was that said it. It's like, man, I, he's not at all what you see in the media. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think he was either. I, I think that he probably is pretty arrogant, but not with his teammates. Yeah. And not with his coaches that we saw from episode one. Yep. So I, I thought he did a great job. Yeah. One of my favorite parts is when uh, Jeff Albrecht, the defensive coordinator, he's in the meeting. He's like, there's not another human on earth that can make that throw. Yeah. There is, but mm-hmm. there's maybe two. And but, he's yeah. like, yeah, that's our quarterback. So, like, I feel good about that right there. Yeah. Like, that's 40 yards across the field, back shoulder. No one can. Do and that. even the defensive, like, players' reactions, like, watching it again in yeah, camp, they're, they're like, like oh, that's our guy. Yep, coach is right. Like, nobody yep. else is going to do that <laughs> to us this year. So, it was really cool. And, I think they were a little hesitant, the Jets, to be on Hard Knocks. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed episode one, though. It's making me want to root for the Jets, like especially in the AFC. Mm-hmm. But I also think the message to these defensive guys is like, hey, you're going to be able to just pin your ears back and go because we're going to be in every single football game thanks to Aaron. Yeah. And I think a defense that's led by Robert Sala, you know, that has a mindset of mm-hmm. like, hey, we're coming after you because we know we got a quarterback, that's going to be terrifying. And I'm sure Kyle Shanahan has got to be the most jealous individual on the face of the planet. Yeah. Because it's like, I, I had this defense. You know, I even had it with D'Amico Ryans, and now I'm sitting here dealing with four quarterbacks that none of them can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So curse it, of Kyle Shanahan and Robert Sala is over here like, God, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> right. I'm excited to see what they do. I, I definitely think they can contend for a Super Bowl uh, this year. But I, hopefully they do something different with Hard Knocks. It's... It's good. I'll probably watch every episode regardless, but hopefully they kind of get away from that blueprint that they had because the first episode was. It was really good. Uh, you could see a lot of Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator. Yep. Uh, he was in the news. The game that lot. they played, by the way, like the pylon game, uh-huh. and they're sitting there like, yeah. you know, anything you can say beforehand. And uh-huh. then he's like, the guy that does the narrative, he's like, and even gets personable. And then, you know, mm-hmm. the throws in, it's like Sean Payton is like, oh, oh shit. I yeah, legitimately laughed out loud on that. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, how about this one, too? Our previous offensive coordinator was in the news a little bit this week, Eric Bieniemy, mm. uh, for maybe rubbing players the wrong way in Washington. Uh, he's, he's a little bit of a hard guy uh, just to get along with. Yeah. 
And it sounds like that's showing up in Washington. But here's the thing. I think Washington needs that because whatever you've been doing lately has not been working. Mm-hmm. Like you, you need a guy that's going to come in and just honestly kind of be a dick and tell you where the line is and then hold you accountable to that line. Yeah. And I think he kind of reached a point in Kansas City where that's just how he was. And it was like, hey, this isn't necessary anymore. Like we're, we're all in line. We got our leadership. We're good to go. We're ready to rock and roll. Let's just kind of have some fun amongst with our success here and making this run and kind of building our own dynasty here. Like, take it easy, Eric. And maybe, you know, we get in the middle of this year for Kansas City. He's like, hey, like, there's something that's missing. And it might be that piece from Eric Bienemy of just riding everybody's ass all the time, mm-hmm. keeping them in line and wanting the most. But you're looking at Washington. Yeah, this is needed. you got a lot of guys that are just kind of lackadaisical. And, you know, a word we'd love to use on the show, complacent. Like, mm-hmm. I was made in the NFL. I'm playing on this team. You're Washington. You don't have anything to offer except Terry McLaurin and a pretty good defensive line and some linebackers. Right, you're ushering a new quarterback. Mm-hmm. See how he does. I liked him in college, Sam Howell. Yeah, but this I have z- zero expectations for the kid. So I like you know I mean good or bad, no idea. Mm-hmm. They got a good receiving core: Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and Curtis Samuel. Yeah, those are three really good receivers. So we'll see what Bienemy can do. I mean, he had to have learned something from Andy Reid that he can bring. Yeah, over. <laughs> you I mean, would hope. <laughs> it can't all just be. It can't all just be Andy Reid, but it probably wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. But Surely, I, and they got two decent running backs. You know what I mean? And Brian Robinson. Um, I like him. And Antonio Howard. Gibson. Thank you. We'll you know, you have happens. your receiving back. You have your pound the rock guy. Like running back by committee is what the NFL's turning into, anyways. There might be a surprise there from Washington. Yeah, they'll be competing in the NFC East, which is going to be tough with the Eagles, obviously. Yep. But uh, we'll see what happens. I, I think Washington probably does need somebody in there that can kind of just get at your ass and be like, hey, yeah. this is not going to fly. This is how we play and how we do things. And I'm not the biggest Eric Bieniemy fan, but he always has guys come to his defense. I think I saw a Tyreek Hill tweet. It's like, yep, that's how he's going to be, and that's how he coaches. Well, I didn't see him tweet that, but good for him. You know, it, it works. Or yeah, I saw some other people tweeting, like, maybe listen to the guy that has some Super Bowl rings. <laughs> yeah. It no doesn't matter does. if he had Patrick Mahomes <laughs> as a quarterback and Andy Reid. He still got him. He knows what success uh-huh. looks like. If you're not playing up to that, well, hey. Yeah. Going back to, like, the Johnny Manziel stuff, too. I've seen the, like, it's not even really, like, a meme going around, but it's Cliff Kingsbury with Johnny Manziel. Cliff Kingsbury with Patrick Mahomes. Cliff Kingsbury with Kyler Murray. And now he's at USC with Caleb Williams. Is that a good thing? <laughs> because uh, I'm like, like, Johnny Manziel won a Heisman. Kyler Murray won, didn't win a Heisman because he wasn't with Cliff in yeah. Oklahoma. I always go back to, like, you had Patrick Mahomes in the Big 12 where you were airing out the football. and your best season, you won eight games. That's not good. Zero defense. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. You shouldn't even need it, though. You have Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Don't 500 yards in a game. 50 times a game. That's got to be a 10-win season in the Big 12. You would but. hope. You would think. Not with Cliff. Also noted, not a big fan of Cliff Kingsbury, which is why he is out of the NFC West, and the Cardinals <laughs> are going to replace him. Uh, let's get into our NFC West preview, though, with the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Rams, and the Cardinals. Uh, who do you have winning this division this year? I think it's just pretty much a lock for the 49ers, and I say that as a lock, but this you know division holds a former Super Bowl winning team and two years ago with uh, the Los Angeles Rams. My thing is with them, I don't think they're going to stay healthy. I think you're even looking at Matthew Stafford. He always plays banged up. You look at this defense, Aaron Donald's another year older. He was battling with injuries last year. You lost Jalen Ramsey. 
this the Rams went all into a Super Bowl and they did that and now they're just trying to kind of rebuild again while keeping some you know core guys and you know I know you still got Sean McVay as your head coach that's great good for you guys but then you look at the rest of this division Arizona does stink I'm not expecting much out of them at all but with Seattle, I just don't know if I trust Geno Smith for an entire season as my starting yep. quarterback. I'm right there with you. With the you. rest of the team, I'm excited about for Seattle. I'm picking the 49ers, too. They have, obviously, a huge question mark quarterback. I don't know who's healthy, who's going to win that job. If one of them can stay healthy the entire season, I think the, the 49ers should be a lock for the Super Bowl for the NFC. I think they could be. I'm starting to think Because I'm still set on, like, they would have beat Philadelphia if... Brock Purdy doesn't get injured. Like yeah. I'm, I'm just a firm believer of that. Probably would have, or would have at least been right there. And so I, I don't know if they're a lock for the NFC, but I, I think they can definitely compete. I do have them winning this division. I think it will be pretty easy. Uh, the Seahawks, I'm kind of right there with you. Like let's see Gino do it again. Uh, I think they can be pretty good. I don't think they can win this division. The Cardinals, I think that they're just bad. That's probably the worst roster in the NFL. And, like, when is Kyler Murray going to come back? He tore his ACL in December. So, like, when are you Which realistically getting him? Honestly, kind of confusing for me because we've seen so many other guys tear their ACL and they've come back so soon. Right. Like, but with it, Kyler Murray, for some reason, it's like we're, we're uncertain when he's going to come back exactly. after paying him all this money. Like six months. Uh, so you have your surgery. Maybe, maybe even you want to push it till after Christmas. So I mean, it should be about right now, though, eight months. It's like, hey, he's kind of up running around. Exactly. Like, we're starting to see him throw the ball. He's just uh, he's here, you know. He's around the building. Maybe they are posting, it, and I'm just not seeing it. But I'm not. I've not either. seen nothing about Kyler Murray. Mm-mm. It's no, just like he's towards ACL. He's done for a year and a half. And it's it's a tough injury, obviously. Well, yes. It's yeah. not as bad as like it used to be. I don't think like, so. This isn't Friday Night Lights when Booby Miles tears his ACL and they're like done. Career's this is your over. Career. Yeah. It's over. Guys tear their ACL all the time. Some guys tear their Knock same what ACL our players don't. more than once. So, like, I, I just don't know. Like, I, I don't know why we're not seeing more Kyler Murray stuff or, like, why there's not more news uh, about him coming back. We're, and if, if he does come back, I still think the roster's so bad that they're just yeah. not going to be. Who you're throwing good. to? Right. Hollywood and Brown? Have fun with that. Which we'll talk about in a little bit. But Yeah, and then uh, with the Rams, to me, they just still seem complacent. Mm-hmm. I, is Sean McVay, is he like really, is he motivated to get back to the Super Bowl? Uh, there were reports over the summer that he still wanted to get rid of Matt Stafford. So This summer he did? Yeah. Like, oh, I missed that. Trying wow. to shop him a little bit. It's like, man, that guy has one bad game and you're like trying to trade Why him. Why in the gets world did the Tampa bit? Bay Buccaneers not jump all over that? Because, man, you got Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Garbage. And you know, speaking of the division MVP and Matthew Stafford, that's who I'm going to take. Is I, th- yeah. I thought Matthew Stafford could, if he can find a way to kind of help keep this Rams team competitive, which you know they're going to be because it is Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay is your coach, and he's going to game plan and put you in situations to have success. The only question mark I have with Matthew Stafford is if he can stay healthy. He's going to make things happen with Cooper Cup. He's going to make things happen with some of his other receivers. I mean, he did it his whole career in uh, Detroit. And then you get Tyler Higby, who I wouldn't be surprised him having kind of like a career year for the Rams. He just seems like to be more in tune, in shape, right? Best shape of his life, we like to joke about. But I think Matthew Stafford is as well. And maybe some of this is because I've kind of started following more NFL teams on social media because I like to see their training camp videos, and I thought, what's the best way I can do that? 
I'm just going to follow all of them. So that's all my feed is right now. It's just these different NFL teams in training camp, it, and you get to you see these to have players. The Bleacher Report alerts for all 32 teams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I do feel like the NFL too. And uh-huh. it, it seems crazy, but it's like I'm always up to date on kind of what's going on. And the thing with Bleacher Report is just it got into every time someone tweeted like that was a notification. I was like, I don't, I don't want this. I need actual news that's happening. But like with the Rams, you know, you get to see Matthew Stafford and you just, he looks like he's in stellar shape. He looks strong. He looks healthy. And maybe they can kind of just come in and surprise some people. But I do think it would be an MVP from this division could be Matthew Stafford, mainly because I'm not sure who else in this division could aside from who you have listed. I would like to see a Matt Stafford rebound here. Mm -hmm. I, Especially now that the news out there that like uh, McVay was possibly shopping him, I, I've, I've kind of come back around on him because after they won the Super Bowl, people were like he's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. I was like, eh, like let's slow it down. A I don't bit. know if he's a Hall of Famer. He's yeah. in the Hall of Really Good. <laughs> now I'm back to like I want to see him be <laughs> yeah. very good. I wanted to see uh, that old. I love how quickly happened. you just throw that out there. The Hall of like Really Good. <laughs> yeah. he's <laughs> That's impressive. I don't yeah. know if he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, cool, you won a Super Bowl. but He's I think a big name in my generation of watching the game. Yeah, a little bit more. And I love Cooper Cup. And he was back running at practice today. So I'd love to see those two guys go off again. I'm not the biggest Sean Payton fan, but I would like to see Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup go off. My division MVP, feels it almost feels a little risky. I'm going with Christian McCaffrey. Which That's, could be fun. would also love to see terrifying. him be healthy. And that offense. And yeah. that, the reason why I am taking him is because I think the 49ers are going to utilize him very well. And hopefully, after last year, he can stay healthy again. Because if he does, I mean, the the ceiling for him is just unreal. He could rush for 1,500 yards and catch 1,000 yards in the air. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the kind of guy that he is. So I, I think that the 49ers are going to use him, regardless of who the quarterback is. He's going to be the focal point of the offense, and he's just—he's so good through the air too. Yeah. Last year he rushed for 1,100 yards. Uh, I think that he can do that again behind that 49ers offensive line. Uh, I think that he can easily catch for 500 plus yards. Like yeah. I, we're not talking a lot of fantasy football, but like I'm tempted to take him very high in a fantasy draft. I think you pick before. I think I pick before you. I pick third. So I pick after you because I pick fourth. You can have him. Because <laughs> you, you've been burned by him. Multiple times. <laughs> multiple times. So you go ahead, and then mm-hmm. we can just sit there in the treehouse together and be like, this is the CMC Ben Burnt Club and Fantasy Football. How are you guys doing? He played 17 games last year. The one time he's not on my team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that of the last four years, it legitimately was. But I'm, I'm so tempted to. I don't know. We'll see what happens when our draft comes around. But I, I expect big things. That's why he is my division MVP, and then uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Who do you have as your Defensive Player of the Year for the NFC West? Um, I'm going to go with Mr. Nick Bosa, who was the Defensive Player of the League last year. I wouldn't be surprised if he's just the stud of this division once again. But I wanted to throw out an honorable mention in Rick Woolen, uh, the corner for the Seattle Seahawks, because I think looking at Seattle's defense, and I know uh, Weatherspoon just kind of went down with an injury earlier in the week as well, kind of keeping an eye on him. But they're, they're kind of rebuilding the, the no-fly zone of what the Seattle Seahawks defense used to be in the early 2000 teams. Um, and it's a situation of, like, these are all young guys who are flying around, playing good ball. I mean, this guy had six interceptions last year, and it just kind of went underneath the radar of how good he was. And the rest of that secondary was for Seattle, who was led by one of your favorite Texas players, Conjay Diggs. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. it's like, hey, now we have this other stuff. So I at least just kind of wanted to throw that name out there because I don't want Seattle's defense getting overlooked or some of the talent they have on offense. Yeah. But Nick Bosa is my official pick for defensive player. And Woolen made a lot of noise. Uh, he was a rookie last year, but mm-hmm. even through the draft process, he's six foot four. Yeah. And Big I, kid. I do remember a lot of people being like, he is going to be very special. I also remember some people saying, like, can he move at that size? Can he stick to a receiver? Yep. <laughs> he did. Uh, and then yeah. Bosa, you know, he hasn't reported. I don't think he's reported to camp yet. 18 and a half sacks last year. Just yeah. a beast. I am picking Aaron Donald, and it's on reputation alone. Yep. I, I just Surely he has a bounce back year. I would like to see him remain healthy for the entire season because I don't want to see the J.J. Watt decline in his career. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to see that type of thing happen. Yeah, and I think he was banged up last year. Yeah. Well, uh, it also been. was, like, is he even going to come back? Right, and that's so, another one of those things with the Rams. Like, we'll see what happens. They could retool, like, and be a Super Bowl contender again, or they might be drafting, like, top five. Yeah, Caleb Williams is staying in L.A. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. But I, Aaron Donald, I like Aaron Donald. He's almost gotten to, I think I have Aaron Donald fatigue. He's, I was he's getting great. that for a He's while. a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. First ballot put him in. He's been just a dominating force. But I almost have Aaron Donald fatigue. Every time he does something goofy off the field, we praise it. Jameis Winston does like the same thing. We're like, look at this goofball. He's stupid. <laughs> so that's where I'm at with Aaron Donald. But I'm still picking him to win Defensive Player of the Year uh, in the NFC West. Rookie of the Year. Both of us have the same guy. Jackson Smith and Jigba. I don't, I don't know who else to pick, honestly, in this division. Like He's the, the player I'm the most excited about. Um, there's a part of me that is always going to be annoyed with him and the success of his career with Seattle because you heard like Kansas City was doing what they could to move up in the draft to possibly take him because he just kind of fell in the first round, and every team was like, yeah, no, we're not. We're not allowing you to do this. We're not going to mm-hmm. trade with you. Yeah. Then Seattle's sitting here like, oh, yeah, I guess we'll take him. You know what I mean? Him, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. <laughs> yeah, we, don't, we don't really need you know. him, but we can probably throw him in the slot for a year. Best player available? Pretty neat. Yeah, sure, we'll take him. Yeah. Like, I'm excited, though. I think he's going to be a lot of fun. I think he's playing tonight, right? Seattle's game is this evening, so or this weekend at least. Mm-hmm. It's going to be exciting to see him be on an NFL field and watch that talent translate from the impressive Rose Bowl game that we witnessed in his career at Ohio State now trans- transitioning here to, with mm-hmm. Seattle. Geno Smith's got three really good, reliable targets. I know I said earlier in the show, like, hey, that's kind of my only question mark with Seattle, and if I really trust him lasting a whole season. If he does, with Jackson Smith and Jigba having a big rookie season, look out. Yeah, and you mentioned it, and I agree with you, too. There are no other, like, rookies in this division. Well, the Rams don't have a first-round pick for, what, another three years? Yeah, so I'm, like, not excited about just about anybody Else, hey, we'll see. There's always surprises, mm-hmm. uh, and it, who knows what's going to happen. But yeah, that's why I went with Jackson Smith. Well, the Jackson. Niners didn't have one either, did they? Oh, huh. they, they traded it yeah. away. And then what about the Cardinals? They the, took uh, Harris two, yeah, back to back. Right. So like an offensive. No, that was Houston. Excuse me. But. He's not going to. He's not going to be rookie of the year. I, mean, I guess he could, but he's probably not going to. Who they take again? Why is it slipping my mind? Who? The Cardinals. Paris Johnson. That's right. Yeah, I, he's not getting it, but yeah. So I mean, he's going to play. Maybe even right tackle this year. So he's just, he's probably not going to get that attention. He, offensive lineman should. Uh, we had the Hall of Fame game last week. I'm still mad that you don't have any fullbacks in the Hall of Fame. And that's <laughs> there's not still like a none. Shtick. I think that's like a, a funny thing to do. Like, oh, fullbacks are awesome. They should be in the Hall of Fame. If you're the best at your position, you should be in the Hall of Fame. Who's I don't the care best if you are a kicker. I don't care if you're a punter. 
if you're a fullback, Mike Allstott is my favorite one of all time. Yeah, but he's the only name I know, and Tony Richardson. Right, but even T-Rich, he should probably be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Lorenzo Neal is another one that I love, uh, and he hasn't – he hasn't been in the news, so I don't remember. But the, he had a string of guys that rushed for 1,000 yards when he was the fullback. Because wow. he was damn near a guard back there. I mean, yeah. he was just clearing path after path. And he, just, he doesn't really get the love and attention. So I, I think that fullback should be. That's not just me being funny. Marion Motley, was he a fullback? Who? Marion Motley. Bryce asked in the chat. I think he – was he a charger? I'm going to be surprised if he's talking about the Chargers. I don't know. Well, there's also like Jim Brown was titled a fullback, but I mean, that was only within his offense. He was a fullback. Oh, yeah. So you can probably find some guys that are. But I mean, I want a traditional uh, Lorenzo Neal. Yeah. He was a lead blocker. I don't know how many yards Lorenzo Neal ever rushed for. I don't care. I wonder what those guys are still doing in their lives. Because I mean, they were legitimately paid to go create car crashes. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, hey, like you're just going to stick your nose in this hole and gain as much speed as you can and just get this guy out of the way. Yeah. Where are you at in life now? You're just kind of sitting there and just like, yeah, man, I've just been crushing skulls for years. How do you just mellow out after that? Can Lore- you? Lorenzo Neal played for 16 seasons. Holy cow. He rushed for 800 yards. And I mean, he was a starter. On all, he was just – he paved the way. For other guys. He only rushed for 100 yards in a season twice. <laughs> 100 yards in a season twice. His rookie year, he rushed for 175. Oh, I, mean, I bet he was pumped. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm going to carry the ball in the yeah. NFL. Nope, never again. In 1995, he had five carries. Oh, let's. You, I can do better than that. Uh, he played for Tennessee <laughs> in 1999. Eddie George was the running back. He was the fullback. He carried the ball two times. How many, how many yards do you have? Two? One. Oh, man. <laughs> In Did one he? touchdown. Two carries, <laughs> one yard, one touchdown. Uh, Longest run, one yard. boy, That's where, that's it. <laughs> right there at the goal line, baby. I bet the other one was a fourth down stuff. <laughs> In 2000, he had one carry for negative two yards. Do you have his game-by-game stats where you could see <laughs> if those carries were the same game or right, if they were yeah. split up? Probably <laughs> Like, not. was the first one to stuff at the goal line? They're like, he won't do it again. <laughs> Boom, touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> Probably so. Oh. But I, I think that he should be in the Hall of Fame. A lot of guys should be. Uh, if you're the best at your position, you should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, that's my stick, though. Uh, coach of the year, I'm going with Kyle Shanahan, mainly because I think they're going to win the division. I think Pete Carroll... He did such a great job last year. Yeah. But he's almost in the, if they do it again, he's not going to get credit for it. Yeah. Hey, Kyle Shanahan, everybody loves Kyle. So he's, he's probably. I'm rooting for Kyle. I think I'm just going to win 10 luck. games and he's going to win, at yeah. least within this division. If something happens to the Chiefs and they're not Super Bowl contention, I think the teams that I'm rooting for for the Super Bowl is going to be the Jets and Niners. I think that would be a fun one. Yeah. With Shanahan versus. Aaron Rodgers. And Robert Sala. Yeah, exactly. If the NFL is scripted, that's one that they're looking at. Yep. But that would be a fun one. I'd be on board for that one, too. Coach of the year for you, you you went with Pete Carroll. I did go with Pete Carroll. Just due to the fact that if Geno Smith can last a season, and I think it was Jake's or someone in our chat even said, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Geno Smith ends up being a top-ten quarterback in fantasy football. That's Jake the Snake. Welcome back to the show, bub. (laughs) Um, 
if that is a possibility and that's something that happens, like, yeah, you're sitting here looking at Pete Carroll going like, wow, he kind of rebuilt his team, moved on from Russell Wilson. We all thought they were kind of crazy for doing so. It's not working for Wilson and Denver. They've moved on to Geno Smith. You know, everyone wrote him off, but he didn't write back. You love to hear it. This defense being rebuilt. They're running the ball effectively. They just, for the love of God, keep at least two running backs healthy the entire length of a season. I don't know the last time that's happened for him. But if it can, I think it could be a lot of fun. And then the transition from head coach of this division to the breakout player, I did take Hollywood Brown just due to the fact of anyone else that you're going to pick as a breakout player. I think everyone else is kind of thinking about it. I wanted to throw a name out there that might be kind of getting overlooked. It's going to be hard to be a breakout player, though, for the Arizona Cardinals and in this division when you stink. But he could be a guy that was just honestly kind of rode off as well and has an opportunity to kind of rebrand himself and maybe be good again with Arizona. I haven't seen many clips of Kyler Murray. I've seen some Colt McCoy ones, though. Hey. Looking pretty good out there, 12. <laughs> uh, not really. But <laughs> I would love to also see that, obviously, big mm-hmm. Colt McCoy fan. The fact that he's just still in the league, yeah, he's just I still mean, doing it, man. Dude, he's my freaking passwords when I was a kid. If he doesn't hurt his shoulder, he's probably a franchise quarterback. I was also thinking Texas this national the other day, too. I, it was actually in the Johnny Manziel doc when they talked about Alabama and the powerhouse. And, you know, Huck Saban started off winning and they beat Texas and seeing that. If he doesn't get hurt that game, Texas easily wins. Also, with Garrett Gilbert, who was just a little bit more prepared for that game, there's a possibility yeah. they win. I remember when Texas lost that game. Obviously, I was a little bit heartbroken. And some buddies you know, were just talking trash. Like, man, whatever. And then you, you're done talking trash. And he's like, hey, but at least you got Garrett Gilbert. That kid looks good. Yeah, like, Texas yeah. is still in great shape. Yep. No, he was a five-star recruit. They were not in great shape. They yeah. were awful. Those were the awful days where I, when I uh, had a, like a study hall or something in school, I went to like orangebloods.com and figured out mm-hmm. who Texas was recruiting or whatnot. And I remember when it went from – Garrett Gilbert, it went to some kid with the last name Woods, and then it was Colt, uh, Case McCoy, and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, here we go. And then it just not, no success ever happened. Yeah. yeah, Yes, thank you. Yeah, uh, My breakout player in the NFC West, I'm going with Trey Lance because I still think there's something there. Like, he was a young kid. He played at North Dakota State. I think there's going to be a transition period here, and I think that if given the chance, if he plays – he can be very good at that Kyle Shanahan offense. They're loaded around him. George Kittle, um, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, a great offensive line. If he gets on the field, and we'll see what happens with Brock Purdy. But I, I think that it could happen for Trey Lance. And I kind of just want to see it. Now, biggest storylines for me, uh, can the Rams actually rebound? They, like, this is an all-or-nothing year for the Rams, I think. If yeah. they're bad, I think Sean Payton retires. I think Aaron Donald retires. Really? I, hell, Matt Stafford might consider retiring. Because like, <laughs> if they're bad, like if Matt Stafford gets hurt, they're bad. Yeah. Aaron Donald's probably You think done. Stetson Bennett just steps in and gives Sean McVay a, a new breath of life? <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I'll be watching them, though, because they are really in a transition period. You won a Super Bowl, congratulations. But, like, can you get back to that mountaintop? Yeah. It's the hardest thing to do in sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, yeah. my storyline for this division is going to be how bad is Arizona going to be? Because looking at this team, I know I just mentioned Hollywood Brown. We talked about Colt McCoy there. But, like, you have nothing to be excited about with this offense. 
like two first name James Conner and Keontae Ingram. Mister likes to fumble the football. Yeah, I've Mr. seen that before. Catch at the goal line. Like yeah. it's just freaking ridiculous. James Conner, great story. Loved it coming into the NFL. Oh yeah. Kind of dealt with some injuries last year a little bit. Can you truly rely on him through a whole season? But then looking at this defense, it's like yeah, there's some names here, but like, can they play together? Are they going to be able to get anything accomplished? Or will they be effective? Are they even going to be intimidating? Are teams going to respect them at all? My answer is no. Like, I think Arizona is going to be garbage. And what are you going to do the next year? You moving on from Kyler Murray? How are you going to give him this massive deal and then get rid of him? Yeah. And we've seen a lot of quarterback movement, obviously, lately. Yeah. So I'm sure that you can figure it out somehow. But it is going to be tough to move on. And if you've looked at any like way too early mock drafts, I look at them all the time. I do them. The Cardinals own their own pick, but they also own the Texans pick. Yeah. They could be picking number one and number two. If you're picking one and two, and you've got Caleb Williams sitting there, it's going to be hard not to say, like, all right, we're going to reset. They've already done it once. That yeah. Josh Rosen, like, nope, this isn't working. So I, I think it's. You've got to give him props on that. <laughs> when it ain't working, you're going. Yeah, right. So maybe they do it with Kyler Murray. Like, I, I don't know what happens with him. Uh, let's move on to our favorite division, the AFC Eww. West, which uh, we have a rundown that we create. And let me tell you. I'm surprised at your your picks. Well, so, a lot of it was not wanting winners. to be the same as you and just kind of wanting to touch up on some other topics because we okay. went pretty heavy with our Homer uh, yep, segment we that we introduced last week. So it's kind of one of these situations where maybe want to mix it up a little bit. And my own little thing, a the theory that I have in my mind where I'm just going to kind of roll with it. But for my winner, the AC West, I think it's going to be the Los Angeles Chargers. And They're more motivated really than ever. That. Huh? You actually think that? For this show today, just so we can disagree from your answer and not just be like stale with it. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm going to try and talk him up or whatnot because I also have the division MVP in being Justin Herbert. This kid got a ton of money. It's been you know his childhood dream to play for this team. And if the Chargers do not have any success this year, Staley's gone as a head coach. Like You can't. But then you sit and you look at it and you go, they brought in Kellen Moore to take care of the offense. Mm-hmm. And if you know that's going to be taken care of and you have a stud and Justin Herbert that's going to keep you in ball games then Staley can have fun with his defense. And the biggest thing for the Chargers, and I've been saying it for years, it's the injury bug. They are the yeah. biggest what-if team in the NFL from the last decade, even with Phillip Rivers as their quarterback. If that team could stay healthy, who knows the kind of damage they could have done or created. Oh, been, I mean, Getting into the playoffs, it's like Phillip Rivers hurts his exactly. knee. Back to Your the receivers Rivers, go yeah. down. Kellen, you know, it just – all these other Kellen Moore, excuse me, not your offensive coordinator. Uh, Keenan Allen. Thank you so much for reading my mind there. Anytime. If he can stay healthy through the entire season or not, just you know, go down at the wrong period of time, or Mike Williams doesn't Derwin get James. hurt. Exactly. It's just if you can keep these guys healthy throughout an entire season, it's gonna be tough because the Chargers have proven they can beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. You know what I mean? They've gotten close to doing it at home as well. It's just they didn't have the ball at the last possession. It just didn't fall in their favor. This can be a team that disrupts the entire NFL this season if they can stay healthy. Yeah. And for my picks, I did. I picked the Chiefs. Uh, I'll just, I will probably pick them to win the division as long as Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback. This is kind of like Peyton Manning, uh, Tom Brady level stuff. Like I just I think that they are the best team. Might sound like being a homer, but I think that it's probably right. How many have they won in a row? Like seven or eight? Uh, yeah, seven. AFC West titles. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. Pretty good odds they're going to do it again. <laughs> and Patrick Mahomes being the division MVP. But 
I like your picks. And, you know, we live right here. We're in Missouri. We see and hear a lot of Chiefs' opinions. And one of my least favorite things is when somebody else picks the Chargers. And Chiefs yeah. fans are like, that won't ever happen. Yeah. That could. You're yeah. one injury I mean, away even from being a very bad football team. Last year, I don't think I picked the Chiefs to win the division either. Mm-hmm. Like, I, And I think it was the Chargers. Again, dealt with injuries throughout the season. It just yeah. didn't work out for you. But Yeah, neither one of us picked the Chiefs last yeah. year. And, I mean, it was because every team in the division – Made moves in the offseason, and we're looking at Kansas City. Like, what? Like, ah, we got rid of our best. You traded, you trade, traded, you <laughs> traded away Tyree Kill. Like, what are you doing? Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's so, why I was just as stunned and happy when they won the Super Bowl because, like, I didn't believe it all season. I was just like, hey, it could be super cool, but well, yeah. but yeah. but we'll see what happens. I am a Chiefs fan, but I do I I really like the Chargers and the way they built their roster. Uh, Justin Herbert, I did not think he was going to be good. Mm-hmm. He is. He's very good. I think he's worth that contract. You've got. Um, Eckler there at running back, he's probably going to run for 800 yards and catch 800 yards. Yeah. And you've got a great receiver uh, receiving room now. Uh, you've got a couple of them. And the defense is usually pretty good. Uh, and that's why my division defensive player of the year, I am going to take Derwin James. Uh, he's just one of my favorite players to watch. And when he's healthy, he can do anything yeah. on the football field defensively. And for me, I went with Chris Jones. And, you know, the late and great Therese Paler used to say it. Uh, contract years undefeated, and Chris Jones is heading into his contract year where he's wanting big money. He's wanting to be the highest-paid player in the NFL, and the Chiefs have been, I saw the quote today, unwilling to make him the highest-paid defensive player in the NFL. I get it, but at the same time, what else are you going to do if the guy's not on your team? I know you're going to get him for this year, and that's great. Maybe you can make another run. It is going to be hard to replace what he does for you defensively every single week. Yeah, the problem is the positional value. Because when you start to look at like the highest paid guys, they're edge players. Um, you've got Miles Garrett, who's making 25. Max Crosby, making 23 and a half. Uh, Leonard Williams plays a very similar position to Chris Jones, though. And he just signed. He's getting 21. Yeah. So I like, mean, for 20, Chris I Jones. 24 is fair. Yeah, 24, 25 even. Uh would probably be a pretty solid contract for him. I think I'm not the one that has to sign the contract. Um, yeah, and you know, looking at it from Brett Veach's point of view, and the whole reason I'm picking Chris Jones is because of the contract here. I think he's going to be an absolute beast. I think he was maybe a couple key plays away last year from being the defensive player of the league uh, for the NFL last season. Heading into this year, he's more motivated than ever. He's wanting a big contract. If it's not going to be from Kansas City, it's going to be from somebody else. And if he's Kansas playing City that motivated. <laughs> That's going to be terrifying. I just don't even believe in player holdouts anymore. And that's what he's doing. He yeah. hasn't reported to camp. He's gotten paid. When Patrick Mahomes gets on the phone or Andy Reid and he's like, hey, we're making another Super Bowl run. We need you here. Yeah. He's going to report to camp. He's getting fined like, like $50,000 a day. Yeah. yeah. He'll be back. I think so, he's lost almost a million dollars so far. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's I would close. love to have one of those fines hit my bank account. No joke, dude. <laughs> I'm set. I, mean, I might you retire. Just... Not really because it's not that much money, but. Man, I'd pay off some debt real fast. Fifty thousand, yeah. I'm, what bills? <laughs> no <dog>? truck payment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Aaron Donald makes thirty-one mil a year. That's he's just the outlier. And yeah, that's ridiculous. I don't think you can expect to be paid what he's getting. But Miles Garrett's making twenty-five. Quinn and Williams is making twenty-four. That's where Chris Jones should be. Yeah, he should be paid in that. I range. think twenty-five, twenty-six is fair. Thirty million—that's yeah. going to be a bit of a reach. And the reason where I was getting a little bit ago with Brett Veach is like understanding his point of view is. You also going to pay some of these other defensive guys on the team mm-hmm. next year. 
Nick Bolton, Legereus Need, Willie Gay. Yep. You know, we talked about, or I don't know if you've watched the franchise for the Chiefs. I didn't watch it all last year. I watched the first episode that they put out, which is kind of like their own version of Hard Knocks or whatnot, or a series mm-hmm. that they do throughout the season with the team. And their DBs coach had named their rookies, corners, and safeties the Fab Five because they'd never, a te- no team had ever put that many rookies out on the field to start a Super Bowl or mm-hmm. play in the season like that. And that's what the Chiefs had done. Those guys are eventually going to come to a payday, and they're all yeah. good as well. Right. And if you've got all this money coming into one defensive player, it is going to be hard to build a sound defense that has the structure if all your foundation well, piece is sitting right here. Chris Jones is 29. That's that's super young. This is his last contract Except as well, the his last big one. So Right, yeah. So, I mean, he wants to get paid. Uh, rookie of the year, I'm going to stick with your <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers. I'm going with <laughs> Quentin Johnston. I liked him yeah. at TCU. It took me a little while to come around to him because – my TCU hate last year. Yep. But it sounds like he is just balling out for the Chargers. And with Justin Herbert there, uh, I, I thought there was even some talk of, like, he's doing so well that they might use Mike Williams in the slot. Like, they thought Quentin Johnston was <laughs> going to be that guy, but it's like, eh, I don't know because he's playing so well. I think that he could have a big breakout year. And that's not one of those just, oh, i got to put a rookie on here like we did with the NFC West. I really think Quentin Johnston is going to be very impressive for the Chargers. Yep, and for me, I went with another team. I could have been a homer here. I decided not to. I went with Michael Mayer, the tight end for the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm -hmm. I think when you look at the Raiders' offense as a whole with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, he has guys that he can spread the ball around to. Devontae Adams, we all know. Hunter Renfro, we know. Jacoby Myers is a name that, you know, kind of gets overlooked a little bit, but he had some success in New England with no offensive coordinator last year and just him and Mac Jones trying to make things work. But in saying all that, that's going to open the window for Jimmy Garoppolo to dump the ball off to a massive target in the middle of the field with Michael Mayer and let him go eat. I know Austin Hooper's also on the team, so he's going to have to fight for some reps there with him or even some targets. But Jimmy Garoppolo likes to go to his tight end. He likes to just kind of not necessarily dump the ball off, but he goes through his reads very quickly. And if they're not there, it's I'm getting the ball to my tight end. I'm going to let him go eat. Yeah. Michael Mayer can do yeah. that after the catch. And with you're the Raiders – Maybe this is a guy you're sitting here looking at going like, that's our workhorse and it's going to be our safety blanket that kind of helps us get through the season. I don't think it's going to be into the year, but once you reach that point of him kind of becoming the guy, it's going to be something to kind of keep an eye on and look out for. I like that pick too. Now, obviously, I really like Michael Mayer too, uh, but you just look at the things that add up for him. Jimmy Garoppolo loves to dump the ball off to the tight end. Mm -hmm. Josh McDaniels loves to design an offense around a tight end. Now, you're not going to do that in Vegas. But I think you're also going to be able to draw up some things for a tight end to get him open. And as Jake said, like I'm expecting 50 catches for him as well. Like, it could definitely happen for Michael Mayer. He's pro-ready. He's been like baby Gronk since he was in junior high. So he definitely could go off for the Raiders. And we haven't talked about the Raiders. I like what they're doing. Uh, you bring in a veteran quarterback. You still have Devontae Adams. Uh, you get Josh Jacobs back on the franchise tag. Yeah. He's going to play. You've got potential there on offense. If you can just get a little bit going with Josh McDaniels, they can be a pretty solid team. I don't think they'll win the division. I think they could be a playoff team. Yeah, I think it was Jake that said earlier in the chat. was like, I think I have the Raiders beating the Chiefs once this year, but they still go 6-10. and Very realistic. Very realistic possibility. Yeah, it's going to be tough just because it's division. Would it be 6-11, and though? Is that? Yep. Okay. Yeah, or 7-10. and Yeah, 6-11 makes more sense. Be positive. Um, coach of the year, I'm just, again, it's going to be Andy Reid because he's going to win the division. Uh, but I like your pick. You went with Sean Payton, and that's a team we haven't talked about yet. Yep. 
uh, with Sean Payton, it kind of seems like, you know, what Aaron Rodgers' point of view is like, you know, he's just too self-conscious of what is there and maybe what he can do where you're already making excuses on if you don't have success this season with him saying how bad Nathaniel Hackett had done. I understand that point of view from Aaron Rodgers, but I think this is also just Sean Payton going like, hey, like this, this is bad. I'm having to put in a lot of work to this to come back to the NFL as a head coach here and start with the Denver Broncos. It's going to take some work. But they have weapons. They have receivers. You have Russell Wilson who can drop the ball in a bucket. I still think he has that capability. He's not even not fast and running around like crazy. But you're still going to have Russell Wilson. Javante Williams is coming back at running back for you. Your defense has still got some studs on it. There's a possibility where we can stand looking at it and be like, the Broncos have made huge strides this season, and it's all thanks to Sean Payton coming in and doing things the right way. Yeah, I mean, we praised the Broncos last year for their offseason mm-hmm. and what they brought in. And I still think that's a scary scary team it, but now adding Sean Payton to it it's funny they could like sneaky be a Super Bowl contender yeah like Jerry Judy is a stud receiver just once, waiting to break out I mean legitimately like, he's so pissed off that he wasn't getting an opportunity and then once he did you're kind of looking at like yeah we should throw the ball to this guy a lot more I think the game we went to we had three touchdowns against Kansas City it got kind of scary there for a second Right. Russell Wilson, maybe he didn't fall off. Maybe it was a, a bad offensive system. Like maybe Nathaniel Hackett is just one of those guys who's a really good offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he's not at all. I don't know. I guess we'll find out this year with the, Very true. with the Jets. But Sean Payton and Russell Wilson can be a Super Bowl winning duo easily. Yep. And so throwing those guys in there, I, I think they probably finished third in this division. But if they win 10, 11 games this year, I also wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's going to be very hard to do in the AFC, but mm-hmm. would be exciting for them. Uh, breakout player. I went with Jerry Judy just because I am kind of sticking with this team. I think that Russell Wilson, I think he could still be good. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm giving him one more chance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this guy, it reminds me of like the, the Carson Wentz stuff, like the Cam Newton stuff. Are you a uh, choo-choo? But I'm, no, no. No, not no, there? I'm not going to do that. Not for Russell Wilson because he's so corny off the field. But I think he can still be good, and that's just me being a Sean Payton believer. Like mm-hmm. that train, yeah, I'm leading it. <laughs> yeah, Sean, but probably not leading it. There are definitely some other people in front of me, but I'm on it. I, I think Sean Payton's still like a top. You're five sitting first class. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I, I am. I think Jerry Judy can have a breakout year. He was so good at Alabama. Yep. He didn't lose that ability. I think he just he's needed a quarterback that can get him the ball, and now he just needed. That quarterback to be in a good offense. I think yeah. they're going to get both of those things this year, and I think Jerry Judy is going to establish himself as that top receiver in Denver. Absolutely. And for me, I'm going to stick with the receivers in this division, but this is where my homerness kind of breaks out a little bit. Uh, Rasheed Rice, the, the receiver the Chiefs took in the second round, they missed out on some of those other studs right there in the first. Teams wouldn't be willing to trade up with them. That's all right because this kid – seems to be just taken off with the team this offseason. It is very well known that rookie receivers in this offense of Andy Reid's, it is tough for them to understand the concepts and learn every every route of every receiver spot within the offense. Apparently, he's been picking up on it very well. He's been faster than some of these guys have expected. Tyreek Hill or uh, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes have spoke very, very highly of him. And I, I'm going to throw this other name out there because I keep seeing the clips. I'm talking to our guy Brooks about it. I'm seeing everything on Instagram. I'm seeing things on Twitter slash X, whatever you want to call it nowadays. It's my guy, Justin Ross. And I am freaking all about it. And I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. If he ends up being a breakout player and ends up being a stud receiver for the Chiefs, I am going to be unbearable to be around Mm -hmm. because I am going to be so excited that Patrick Mahomes has this type of receiver that I have been begging for them to go get in the draft. 
the last two, three years have I not been asking for a guy with this type of build. I Tall, saw Nico fast. Is looking good in camp. Yeah, this is less what I'm talking about. <laughs> Christian Watson has also been looking good. Mm-hmm. Cedric Tillman also didn't look that bad last week. Yep. So now we're sitting here with Justin Ross going, okay, hey, this guy is going to open up some throwing windows or throwing targets for Patrick Mahomes that he has not been able to take advantage good. of in his career so far. And I think that's been the missing piece for Mahomes. Now you get these back shoulder 50-50 balls to Justin Ross and Rasheed Rice, who's also pretty big himself. That's going to be scary going forward for the Chiefs in this offense, and I am pumped about the possibility of Justin Ross. Love to see it because Justin Ross is—he seems like he's a pretty good kid. Mm-hmm. And rooting for that story and that comeback. With me, I always feel like the Chiefs and their fan base—they get super excited about one guy, and then another guy goes off. Yeah, but that's why year. I'm with you on Rice. Like I think that maybe he's going to be the guy, or he talks about too. It's just hard to be a rookie in this offense. Mm-hmm. Like Sky Moore. Sky Moore is just sitting there waiting to have that big yep. moment. And one of those three receivers, I, I think, will be the dude. Like, I'm not a big believer in Kadarius Tony. No, I'm not either. He's going to take over that McCole Hardman type role. But one of these guys is going to emerge as obviously as wide receiver one. But I think one of them could be pretty special. Sky Moore, Rice, or maybe it is a Justin Ross. For me, I'll believe it when I see it. Yep. And they've played their first preseason game on Sunday. If he's out there and he looks good, then I'll Roger jump on the train the TV. with you. I'm watching that entire game like it's a regular season game. Right, and there's just so many young rookies all over yep. uh, for the Chiefs. And <laughs> my second favorite quarterback, Shane Bouchard. There he is. <laughs> right. <laughs> so also very excited about that, too. Uh, biggest uh, storylines for this one, I think it is Sean Payton and the Broncos because if things go well there, their Super Bowl level team. Yep. If things go awful there, you almost have to say, "All right, buy Russell Wilson, buy Sean Payton," and <laughs> that quickly. To both it's like just it's there's no <laughs> middle ground with the Broncos. Oh. Like, even if they go, seven, you lose fired. <laughs> yeah, if they win nine games, they go nine and eight. You're probably not burning it down, but you're in the hot seat. One yeah. of them will be. So I, I want to see what the Broncos can do. And honestly, just can any of these teams. This is going to sound arrogant, but just can they contend with the Chiefs? Yeah. Can somebody finally push them? It has been seven years in a row that they've won the division. Patrick Mahomes is probably going to end up in the AFC Championship game. Like, that's a minimum for the Chiefs right now. Yeah. So, I wouldn't love to see it, but I know there are a lot of people that would love to see somebody else from this division finally dethrone the Chiefs. Yeah. And hopefully it's another while till that happens. Uh, for me, though, my biggest storyline is kind of what I touched up on earlier when talking about the Chargers and Herbert uh, in this division. Can the Chargers stay healthy, and will Justin Herbert lead them to a playoff victory, something we've not seen from the Chargers in a while? Um, if it can happen with Justin Herbert this year, and you know, they can find a way to even win this division, and Herbert's the MVP from the division. I think if he's the MVP of this division, there's no way he's not the MVP of the league. Yeah, because like this division's so tough in terms of and just the AFC as a whole. But everyone knows, like, okay, if you're the best quarterback in your division, there's no way you're not in the entire league unless someone else just has ungodly numbers. Yeah, and we'll look at some other. Maybe we do the North next week. We'll Mm -hmm. talk about guys like Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. There's a lot. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, (laughs) still still there could be very, very dangerous. Yep. Can you pick it? Never go to a Pro Bowl. (laughs) As long as he doesn't make it to a Pro Bowl, I'm good. Yeah, uh, but we'll see what happens with that. We we had a listener question, though. Uh, We haven't taken Mm. any of those in a while. Um, Who do you believe in more, Rodgers in New York or Sean Payton and Russell Wilson in Denver? 
from I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. I really liked what I saw in episode one of Hard Knocks. He seems like he is re-motivated. Like, I honestly thought it was all just nonsense and him just like saying catchphrases that you're supposed to say. Uh, but he actually feels like he's maybe rejuvenated. And he's I don't ready know to if go. that cut you off in the show or not, but for some reason, this is the time everyone wants to freaking call me. So I apologize. <laughs> yeah, football's about to start. Yeah. So, uh, Sean Payton or Aaron Rodgers? Who do you believe in more? It's got to be Aaron Rodgers. I think he's just got more to, to play for in the sense of this is a fresh start for him. I think this is something he desperately needed leaving Green Bay. He seems like genuinely happy. And he's pumped with everything. He's just getting, you know, tons and tons of love, which I think is also something he was kind of starting to lose in Green Bay. There's all these question marks, everyone nitpicking him, da 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 da. You're not getting that in New York right now. And I think it was even something he said in Hard Knocks, like, Until yeah, everyone loves bad. me right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because the minute he's bad, the New York media will eat him alive. Mm-hmm. They will throw out every positive thing. They've the said back page about headlines are going to be crazy, uh-huh. depending on how bad it is. Uh, we did have. Um, another thing here, I don't know what we kind of want to call it. You know, if someone went back to the older days of stick to football with maybe call it just the tip. Didn't run this by you before the show, but want to know if maybe we could kind of yeah, let's just do a live on there. Here we all right, we'll figure it out. Uh, anyways, got a question here. Um, this is pretty much going to be the gist of already the entire question. I'm an alumni of Ohio State University, kind of a humble brag there. Good for you. Uh, my youngest sister, who is 12, is a massive fan, and I want to treat her to the ultimate fan experience. I've purchased premium tickets for her and I to go to the Penn State game. That's going to be freaking incredible. So she can can experience the prime time OSU experience, and I can plan to before the game to get her decked out in all the standard gear, which is a jersey, hat, buck necklace how much money are you making brother and then the question that he has here for us is are there any first experiences that you remember for your game that you would recommend that someone do to make the best time for the person you are taking is there anything you wish you or your sports guide would have done differently absolutely loves the show thank you for listening appreciate your brother as well but pretty much the question is is there anything that we can recommend for them to do before the game especially an ohio state penn state game like i'm for me, it would be get there early. That's how I see um, it, too. Because I'm, I'm assuming college game day is probably going to be there that day, this big of a game, depending on how well Ohio State season goes, if they can figure out who their starting quarterback is going to be. Matchup. It's going to be fun. It's going to be – hopefully the weather's good for you. When we win, it just was pouring rain, so that was kind of tough to get through. I mean, if it wasn't for your parents, I don't know if we would have survived the day. No, would have literally died. I mean, it was just so cold, and it was wet from 5 a.m. until the end of the day, which I think was like four – pretty much put in a 12-hour day for that um but get there early have fun go see as much stuff like the pregame stuff because like the fan experience for these things especially for someone who's 12 going to a game like this they're not going to understand the in-depth of everything they're just looking for those core memories to build and hold on to for the rest of their lives that stadium's so historic too Mm -hmm. even going to my first chiefs game it's like i want to walk around the stadium and see everything do that the Chiefs stadium sucks (laughs) i know that we probably disagree on that one but I go. I like, mean, the more I go, the more I'm kind of like, yeah, this concrete brick here is getting yeah. a little stale. Yeah, I watched, I looked at renderings today for the Titan Stadium. Oh, man, like, boy, they need it though, because you talk about walking around that the stadium, thing in Kansas City, and let's get one of those. I don't want to pay for it. The Hunt family can. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, let's give me one of those that has mm-hmm. a roof and like it's 70 degrees all the time. Because even the Titans rendering is like, all right, here's what it's going to look like for a football game. This is great, but here's what it looks like as a concert venue. Yes. And I'm just thinking of me sweating my ass off at a Taylor Swift concert, being like, man, you could put a roof on this thing. It could be 70 degrees. Give me that in Kansas City, please. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to go see like Luke Combs in Kansas City and stuff like that. Yeah. 
Let's do it at a new stadium. Man, we, you guys would be sweating to death together, brother. <laughs> uh, but the, at the Ohio Stadium, go see the stadium. Like, go see some of the cool stuff. I don't really know what they have there. But also, uh, stay in your seat for halftime because they have the best marching band in the mm-hmm. world. And they put on one hell of a show every single time. So those would be my two suggestions uh, for that one. And it should be a good game. Yeah. Too. All right, that's it for us today, though. We'll be back at it again, uh, breaking down the, I think we said the North. AFC yes. North, NFC North, uh, what's going to happen with those divisions? If you have questions, uh, tweet them at us. I haven't checked I haven't checked Twitter in a long time. Yeah, I'm really on it anymore. But Ever I'm since also... it came, became X, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I just hate the logo. It, it, Actually, it, just, like it the throws logo. me off. I yeah, do think the weird. logo looks pretty neat, but it's just the fact that it's called X. You know, it's when they took away the verified accounts that really did it for me. Yep, that was the beginning of the end. Uh, let me just keep backtracking. <laughs> When they started letting nobody's be verified accounts. Yes. Yep. It's like, oh, we're going to run with this rumor because this dude has a check mark. Yep. That's when it, it went away from me. Yep. But leave us your questions. Uh, let us know what's up. We appreciate you guys joining us again tonight. Uh, we'll talk to you all next time.